What's up everyone? This is Pastor Sam. This is Danny. And together, we're exploring the book of Mark. Join us each week as we dive into each chapter outside of our Sunday morning messages as we explore what this book is trying to teach us. And today, chapter 15, Jesus delivered to Pilate. Pilate delivered Jesus to crucify. Jesus is mocked, the crucifixion, Jesus' death, and Jesus' burial. We are in it. We are in chapter 15. You know, over the last 14 chapters, Mark has been telling his story on three levels. We've been tracking it, ministry to the masses, ministry to the disciples, and the confrontation with the Jewish leaders. Now he switches all together and he focuses entirely on the final hours of Jesus' life, which most writers call the Passion. Yes. It is early Friday morning. Our Lord has been betrayed, abandoned, interrogated, beaten, spit on, and denied throughout the night with no rest. He will soon be nearly to death by the Roman scourging and then ultimately crucified. He will die around 3 p.m. on Friday afternoon. And this is the chapter that gives us all of that account. What are your thoughts, Sam? As yeah, we I, the first thought is most of us would not be able to handle being up all night. <laughs> <laughs> you for sure, since you go to bed at like 8 o'clock. <laughs> what time? Uh, I, I'm just... That was a lot. What yeah. Jesus went through was a lot. Um, and to know that you have the alliance of the religious leaders and the mm-hmm. government of the time yeah. and the people all working against Jesus. It's just a dark moment, really dark moment. Yeah, and, and because of that, I think, um, as we've been kind of talking a little bit briefly before we started to record this, mm-hmm. was that in most of the other chapters, we've been kind of pushing the envelope, asking the questions. We're going to try to stay respectful to, to the context of, of what's in this passage. Yeah, right? and there are some passages that you just need to respect for what it is, right? Yeah. I'm not saying you can't ask questions. I'm not saying you can't push the envelope even, I think. But there is must be some awe and reverence to some passages. Yeah. And I think this is one of them. Um, you know, um, Jesus' death uh, and resurrection has been picked by everybody and everyone throughout the history. Throughout history, right? Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, one of the things that uh, I love about the Bible itself is the fact that, uh, you know, the accounts surrounding the death of Jesus, uh, the crucifixion of Jesus, um, has been recorded for much more than just the Bible. It, it is not a Bible event. It's a historic event that uh, we all need to be pay attention, pay attention to it. And, uh, but at the same time, revert. Uh, I'm sure people ask, like to ask questions, but um, I think there are uh, historical accounts outside of the Bible that proves all that happened surrounding the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I think as we as we kind of go into this chapter here, we see the first section is Jesus is delivered to Pilate. So obviously, Pilate. You know, talk a little bit about Pilate. Pilate was the pr- procurator of the, he was a Rome's military representative in Judea from 26 AD to 36 AD. His normal residence would have been normally in Caesarea by the coast, but because 
he was in Jerusalem because he was trying to keep order during the Passover season, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that morning, the council meets again to confirm the decision. And they formulate a plan, a strategy, and they bring Jesus before Pilate. Yeah. Pilate would normally only consider political matters, right? So the Jews, the, the Jewish leaders, they framed the accusation of blasphemy in a, in a political context because uh, it was only the Roman uh, government, the Roman representative, who can actually declare putting him to death. Yeah, but Pilate has no, no skin in the game when it comes to the religious Correct. aspect of it. And they didn't even want to, to deal with that. Uh, right. There is that was a pact between the go- the Roman government and the Jewish that they would have that separation of religion and state back at that time, yeah. where the, those two things did not intermingle. Uh, of course, the Jewish uh, had to obey the government law of the time because of the well-known Pax Romana. And Caesar did not like any rebellion. So if a people, if the Jewish people would rebel, then Pilate would be punished. So Pilate didn't want to be punished. So to keep people um, obedient, he would punish the people. So the people didn't want to be punished. So they kind of got in agreement. Like, okay, yeah. let's coexist here. Let's not rough anybody's feather. And then we will both live well together. And the Jewish people just really cared about, you know, Make sure that they could do what the law require of them. So. Yeah, and I think that you know Mark he doesn't really give us the uh, the remarkable dialogue that John gives us in his gospel that Pilate and Jesus had mm-hmm. uh, in John Gospel of ch- chapter eight verses twenty eight through forty. There's that good discussion there between Pilate and Jesus, and and you know Pilate asking Jesus what is truth, all these different things. Um, but Mark keeps it very simple. In fact, Pilate in the, in Mark's account in verse. Two, he says, Pilate asked him because the charge that the, the scribes brought and they framed it in this context of like a political thing, right? Because if he's the king of the Jews, his whole thing was to not, just to, to stop rebellion and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they phrase it in that way. So so Pilate asked him, he says, are you the king of the Jews in verse two? And, and Jesus said, you have said so. <laughs> well, and and uh, and so on that part there, when Jesus said, "You said so," the emphasis is more on you than on the soul. It's not as Jesus is accusing Pilate because if Jesus accused Pilate, then Pilate had the right to crucify him. Right. So Jesus didn't didn't do that, uh, and and uh, and didn't answer it either. It was more of a like uh, a sur- a suggestive thing. Yeah. Like, you do well to consider that yeah. statement kind of from the Jesus. You do well to consider the question. Uh, but it wasn't really accusation. I have seen a lot of people uh, think that that was kind of accusation from Jesus' side. Like say, well, you're saying so, like, so I am. But that, yeah. that was not the case. I think he was if more that was true, then he would be crucified for sure. I think he was more asking, but he was like saying like, hey, these guys say that you're the king of the Jews. Are you the king of the Jews? Do you Are you going to counter that? Say, no, I'm not. You know, but... Jesus remained silent. In fact, he asked him again, and he said, have you have you no answer to make? Look at how many charges that they bring to you in verse 4. But in verse 5 tells us that Jesus made no more answer. Pilate, it says Pilate was amazed. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, you know, this whole, uh, the whole point of Mark on this passage is to make sure to record that People are amazed at what happened to Jesus at this point. And I think mm-hmm. the word amazement is repeated several times in the book of Mark. 
I think that's something that we never talked about necessarily, but it was. And so uh, it, it is something that he uses over and over and over again. Uh, and the idea there is to, that the people would be amazed on the uh, authority of Jesus uh, over uh, what was going on at the time. So Yeah. And we see here Pilate, like he's, Pilate is trying to, you know, manage the, the crowds, manage the, all the things that's happening. In verse 6 through uh, 15, it, it, to, tells, it gives us that recap of Pilate delivers Jesus to be crucified. It was a custom at the time, you know, to kind of gain popularity with, with, the, with the people to release a prisoner, right? To release someone. Mm-hmm. Um, as we continue here... We see that Pilate kind of recognizes, you know, a little bit that man, this this guy might be something is off here. He he doesn't deserve this, so he kind of brings it to the crowd, like, "Hey, here's Jesus, the King of the Jews, or here's this guy named Barabbas. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you want to to release?" And, and man, I, I I read that and my my mind just blows. You know what I'm saying, like. It just how in the world this guy was not a good guy. He he brought pain and suffering to some families in yeah. their community, in the Jewish community, right? This is not like a guy who he wasn't a good guy. He, no, he, he no, was it's not. It's not like th- that was no nobody knew who he was. No, he he was charged at, as a. Insurrectionist. What I find interesting is that the crowd, right, who had benefited and know Jesus was a good guy, has now been turned because the, the scribes and the, the leaders are in the crowd, kind of like getting them to kind of go into this to challenge them to release Barabbas. Yes. And and what I found was that Barabbas, I found that the true son of the father, sinless mm-hmm. and innocent, he will be beaten and crucified. The mm-hmm. other son of the father, Barabbas whose name actually means son of the father. Oh, I did not know that. He was sinful and guilty. Mm -hmm. He will be set free because Jesus became a substitute. Mm. The sovereign providence of God's plan could not have been more clearly on display here. Jesus is dying, in a sense, in the place of Barabbas. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But but that is the case. I mean, I love that. uh, Why are you bringing it up there? Uh, but he, he, here's the thing, uh, I need to be a pastor here for a second to say, we are Barabbas. Oh, yeah. I'm, right? I'm, like, yeah. we are Barabbas. And, and uh, when we were put into, into the exchange line, Jesus said, like, I'll die. Yep. Sam will leave. And, and I think I, get, I do get outraged by the fact that the Jewish people uh, chose him. Over Jesus, uh, right? Uh, but uh, we would do the same. Yeah, we, we would do the same. What 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 is what, what is really impressive to me here is how Jesus be- remains silent in the midst of such injustice. Yeah, right. His his silence uh, as he faced hatred, um, abuse, um, cruelty. I mean, like right here, it's the injustice. It's so great, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they they said that you know he is he is mocked, right? So 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 what happens as we continue the passage, working our way down to the passage, 
you know, Pilate tries to get Jesus released by saying, hey, release this one. But the crowds, no, give us Barabbas. And he asks a second time and they say, no, what, what do you want me to do? Crucify him. So he releases Barabbas to crucify Jesus. So he sends Jesus off to the palace or the praetorium, which was uh, the Antonia castle that the guards were located. Mm-hmm. And, and this was a part of the complex. A cohort of, of guards is about a thousand soldiers. Mm-hmm. And they played a game called Game of the King, which was a okay. cruel psychological sport used to demoralize prisoners right we talk about the injustice that jesus had to deal with the idea was to destroy the condemned not only psychologically and emotionally but also ultimately physically Mm -hmm. the scene however was crazy to see how they did it because what they actually did in mocking him was kind of his true nature because they put the purple robe on him in mockery sure, sure, sure. They put a purple robe on him. they put mm-hmm. a crown they were bowing before him so mm-hmm. in essence they were what they were doing was this wasn't in, in was, some reality is it was like a prophecy his, yeah a part of his, his his divine nature yeah it is it is well i mean i think in the easter sermon i kind of touched on that, the importance of clothing here you know the royalty the purple yeah. is the most important color it meant royalty the fact that they were putting a robe on him the fact that they were putting a, hobo, a robe on him meant that, you know, he was someone with authority of importance, that he was a king. But, of course, not of this world. Can I go back up here? I think yeah. verse 10 for me is interesting. Yeah. For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests... There's two things that are important here that it's interesting for me. Uh, one is that for he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priest had delivered him up. I mean, I think that statement is interesting. Uh, why envy? I, I always thought that they hated Jesus. Envy has a different connotation. Isn't there a different connotation for the word envy? Yeah, envy is like, you wanting something that someone had. You think maybe the popularity with the people, uh, the, the the traction that he was gaining, uh, it kind of went from first they wanted. Now they're like, man, look at look at what he's getting because they were they were the self. Preaches and teaches of the time. That's exactly it. And here you have a guy who comes and he gets all this in their in their human nature. They wanted that glory. Of life. Could it be that all along the fact that they what they despised about Jesus is how popular he was and how unpopular they became? I think you can certainly make the case for that. You know, I think that statement for me is like, well, they were jealous of Jesus. They were Jesus had something that they want. Maybe Jesus had the, vo- the, the the ears of the people all along, and they didn't. Maybe Jesus did all the miracles that they thought they could, they should, and they didn't. Uh, Jesus had the authority over people's lives that they never had. Well, that's the word that, that, that comes to mind, right? Whenever we read the scriptures, it said he spoke with what? Authority. authority yeah. He thought with authority, right? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You as, you know, most of us in our lives, when we got to try to talk to people, like if we're trying to deal with someone... With someone coming helping them a situation, you almost have to have the authority to kind of speak into that situation mm-hmm. in order for them to kind of help themselves out of it, right? So you can't just go cold turkey and just talk to people. So you have, you have to earn that in a sense. Yeah, I, 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 people. I, I always see people say it's, uh, respect is earned. No, I think respect is given. In my opinion, yes, people give you respect. Yes, uh, you act in a in a way that people gives that to you. You can't earn people's respect. People can give it to you their respect. So. Uh, from the beginning, Jesus was giving the respect by all of those people, by listening to him, sitting at his feet. And, and of course, the authority of Jesus, the words of Jesus, when 
touch the heart, cut the heart. Hebrews tells us that God's word touch, cuts the heart. In yeah. the live word of Jesus, as he was talking, talking to people, I'm sure it cut deep into people's heart, moving them to their core. So uh, I think the more people heard, the more people moved, and the more people moved towards Jesus, the less, uh, the, the more envy the, yeah. the, the Pharisees became. So for me, I think that statement there indicates, in my personal opinion, as I meditate, as I think, as I read, it tells you the reason why the Jewish leaders yeah. did what they did to Jesus. Yeah, they, they, he, they wanted something that Jesus had. And, you know, picking up on what you were talking about, there, I, when I was saying that, I was thinking like, man, when Jesus taught, when he, when he, when he interacted with the people, he, he met them where they were at, right? We mm. saw how the Jewish leaders, we talked about this in this podcast before, they put things in there that weren't even from God to make people feel even less and less of themselves when they didn't do things, right? And and they held themselves like to like when they came, they had the best seats in the house. They were they, they had this clout in the sense that they carry with them. Jesus didn't. Jesus saw himself as one of the people. Well, and and I think I think okay. So you're talking about the biggest lesson leadership I have ever lesson had. leadership. Lead from within. Lead with the people. That's exactly it. The, the, leader, the pastor, above. the leader, or whoever thinks he's above the people, he starts put uh, walls, obstacles for people to get him. The day that the leader is no longer approachable is the day he stopped being a leader. Right, and I think well, that's Jesus' leadership style. Yeah, and I think that's the biblical leadership style. Is not to lead from the front, not to lead from behind. Is to lead from among, among, from within the people, and with when, the people, and knowing, the people, and knowing when to do those things. Right? So sometimes sure. you have to lead from the front, sure, the sure, sure. but but you're, we're in this together, and no way are we ever. We see Jesus doing that, stepping into that, and I think go back to your your your. We were kind of talking about why were they envious of him? We're kind of hitting on some things that we think that could have resulted and led to that type of feeling from them mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. So. I, I just done uh, that part. Another part that I that, uh, on verse 16, this specific word is the word, the whole battalion. The, that word whole battalion then, that, that was about 600 men. Yeah. It was one uh, a tenth of the Roman le- legion. So this is, why would they give Jesus to 600 men? I don't. Was there a little bit of a fear from Pilate here for all the things that he heard about Jesus and I, I, Jesus being the king, not of this world, for a different. Of course, he doesn't talk about this here, but in different uh, yeah. accounts, so we have that that excerpt from Jesus. Like, listen, I'm not from this world. I'm from a different world. You don't. You're not giving me to anything. I'm giving myself. Could it be the pilot was like even even the the thing with his wife, right? His wife yeah, which is why yeah. she suffered so much in a dream because of this righteous mm-hmm. man. She said, mm-hmm. "Have nothing to do with this man." Was the, was like yeah. pilot was like, uh, "I better cover my behind here. Go get some six hundred men, put around this man because if he wants to bring heaven down, he might be able to do that." And the whole, he healed people. The whole he, did this. About, he did that. Whole thing was keeping order, right? So I think you're hitting on like. If, if if part of it is true and mm-hmm. what and what they were what the leaders were saying that he was claiming and mm-hmm. the rebellion stuff, then I can see Pilate's approach to like let's make sure we guard this place here to make sure that there isn't any type of riots or anything like that. So sure, I think sure. I think I think you I think definitely can read into that for sure. So yeah, I don't know. What? So yeah, so then obviously you know they they like I mentioned earlier they they play this game of the king where their whole thing was to. 
was to demoralize you, mm -hmm. destroy you psychologically, mm -hmm. emotionally, mm -hmm. and ultimately physically. It, it, um, you know, verse the crucifixion, which picks up in, in verse twenty. No, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so like, <clears throat> uh, can I? Can, maybe I need to. Maybe I shouldn't go there, but I'm going just for the heck of it. Jesus was mocked, made fun of, spit, and so on and so forth. Man, he had a thick skin. Mm -hmm. Most Christians have soft skin. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, oh my word, man. You can say, you can't make fun. You can't, you can't even make a joke with someone nowadays. People get fairly offended. Yeah. This whole idea of political correctness I'm not going to politics here, but put political correctness in the church it has really like you know well, I, I whatever think, happened with um I think it comes back to we touched on this a little bit last uh, last session we talked about justice this idea of justice sure. right mm -hmm. I think what you're hitting on here like man there's so much injustice happening here we're reading this right yes so much injustice yes. happening in here mm -hmm. yet Jesus submitted himself He's, he submitted himself silent the whole time silent the whole time submitted in fact those were the three things for this this chapter that i had a great king's silence mm -hmm. a great king's substitution mm -hmm. and a great king's suffering mm -hmm. right the mm -hmm. three s's yes um, the three what the three s's <laughs> why be careful <laughs> can't say that word <laughs> but uh yeah and, and jesus silence here it bear witness to the amazement of his work and of who he is as you're just stating right there it should encourage us to as well sometimes that our silence doesn't mean that we're we're not agreeing, agreeing with yeah. it or that we are uh, um, supporting it or that we are for it or, or silence or that we agree that what we're getting is true is is, is just that we not, we leave it to God to handle it right that, and I think that's I think that's a better approach to fight justice injustice fight to injustice. fight injustice yeah. then to be trying to turn every single rock yeah. to get the solution you need to inflict pain on somebody else. Yeah. And we and Jesus even thought about it. He thought that in the Beatitudes, right? He talked about, mm -hmm. like, you know, if someone does this, turn the other cheek. I mean, it's, it's counter to culture. Nowadays, you know, we get punched. We, we want to punch back. You know, we get, you know, we want to because we have the right to do it. In a sense, that, but the, does that mean that we should never have some solid justice in our hands? The, the, so, because what we're saying here, usually people take don't into take it like, to the extreme. Don't take yeah. it to the extreme to, to just take it. Yeah. So, so sometimes we feel like where Christians are saying like, "Oh, we're gonna supposed to be doormats. They're supposed to beat us up, and we're supposed to just." Uh, you know, take it. Well, no, 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 no. I am not advocating for you never to fight for justice, for anyone not to fight for justice. But I'm advocating that there is the right way to pursue justice at the right moment with the right uh, system and programs into place. There is a systematized way of getting uh, justice. And in the situation for Jesus here, He's like, you know what? Saying some things here will not help me right now. Yeah. It's not going to bring the justice of God. It's just going to feel what these other people are doing and saying. I know that I'll have my final word at a specific time, in a specific location, by a specific someone. Yeah, I, 
I think what you're hitting on here is that we need to, we need to check our motives. Sure. We need to check our motives on, on, on what, why we do some of the things that we do, right? And and you, we're certainly not advocating that we could, as Christians, we should be a doormat and let people take advantage of mm-hmm, us because mm-hmm. that's not what we're saying. No. We're saying that we need to recognize how, how Jesus has dealt with some things and are we learning and growing in, in how Jesus deal with things and, and not that we are just going to just take things. We need to recognize ultimately Jesus and God will be the ultimate judge. But at the same time, we also need to be able to find those moments where we speak up against injustice, where we speak out against those things that are happening that are wrong, but also at the same way not losing our Christian values, our Christian morals, and in, in doing it. That, that's exactly that's exactly it. I think I I usually tell this illustration, I, I, this story. It's a true story of my life. Me and Richard Dunsack, uh back in. 2008-9, I was poor back then. I was making $175 a week, right? Working at Community Christian Church, a little bitty church, 20, 30 people at that time. Uh, I needed to buy a new car, so one of the members of the church says, I, I, I found this auction in Chicago. I had uh, $2,000, and you could get to the auction, and you buy the car, and you bring it home. So I told him, uh, his name is Richard Dunseth, and I told Richard, hey, I want to go get to this auction. He's like, you got to be careful with these auctions. I was like, I understand, but, you know, I, I have read every single thing. I want to go there. So it's like, I'll go with you to, to watch over you. I was like, sounds great. We go there. We go to the line. They give you all these papers, right? They give you all these papers. And we read the whole thing, the <laughs> whole thing. We read everything. You go to the line. There was a car. We knew that there are some fees. So I knew that I could buy a car as expensive as $1,200 because I had 2000 the other $800 of being fees and this and that or whatever. So we knew a car came in the line that we had to check it beforehand and we we're like, okay, this is the car. If we bid up to $1,200, if you can sell it, that's great. So I bid it $1,200 on the spot. You got to give $600. When you win the bid, you gotta have to give six hundred dollars, non refundable, uh, and so on and so forth. That sounds good. So we did that, and then we go. We are all excited. I'm excited. He's excited. We go to the end of the thing and to to pay the rest, the the other six hundred dollars. Yeah. To be able to uh, get the car, the guy was like, "Oh no, you gotta give twelve hundred dollars here." We're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" I give six hundred at at at, at uh, when I won the bid. I give six hundred dollars here. It's like no, 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 no. Uh, you're supposed to have given six hundred there plus twelve hundred dollars. You're like, well, we so we went to the papers. It's like, oh no, you're missing this one paper and gave us the paper. Oh no! So now I'm out of money. I can't buy the car, and I don't get the six hundred dollar back. Huh? So, so they- yeah. So guess what? Richard went crazy. You? I was like, Richard, wait, wait, wait. no, 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 no. Hmm. This is. This is just money. <laughs> Nothing here is going to change yeah. if we cuss people out, mm-hmm. if we kick it, if we scream it. Only the only thing that's going to be diminished here is our value, mm-hmm. and uh, and who and who we are as followers of Jesus. This guy's not going to change. They did this on purpose. We can definitely see that they did this on purpose. They didn't give us that paper. This is a package they give to everybody that walks in. Yeah. So it's like. Uh, you know, they let, they didn't give us the information out of ill will so that people would get so fighting, kicking, screaming, this and that. Give me your manager. He's like, I was like, Richard, no, 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 sir. We, they are crooks and we are not. They do this. We do not. 
Mm. We move on. Don't stoop to their level. Well, that's not, it's not even about stupid to their level. Christians behave differently. In the midst of injustice, we, we would hold to the values and the principles that we live on. Did that mean that I was taken advantage of that day? Yes, that was. Was there anything I could do that day would change those guys' mind? No. Probably not. No. There was more people yelling and screaming. We didn't know what was going on. And we find out <laughs> later what was going on. Well, that's what was going on. It was, I wasn't the only one. There was many people who was going through the same stuff. So here, here, here's the thing. Some, sometimes we are we're put against some things that we can't change. Can we, you know, uh, but there are some other areas where you can change. And in those areas, I think we need to speak up. Kind of hard to parse it out. Maybe, uh, but um, it's not black or white. There's a gray area, and you gotta figure out when when those things when those up. things are. And there, there are areas we ought to find. There are areas we do not. We do not. Uh, we do not. We we don't just. It doesn't matter how much we scream. Is nothing's yeah. going to change. I mean, there's there's always like a consequence, right? There's always the repercussions for the actions that we take, and we mm-hmm. have to weigh those and mm-hmm. and factor those in how we how we navigate this life. Um, so yeah, I think. It's a great example, a great, um, great way of you know exhibiting humility, even though in the in the face of injustice in that sense. I was sad. I was broken. I <laughs> I just lost six hundred. I was saving my money, man. Mm-hmm. And then out of a sudden, this guy just steals six hundred like that. Mm. No, man, I was mad, but uh, I was mad inside. But I was like, I am not gonna be losing my weakness here yeah. and, uh, because of that. So, anyways. So yeah, so we, we talk about him, him being mocked, him being beaten, and just the fact that he stayed silent, um, mm-hmm. enduring all of that. Um, and then they crucify him. They, 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 had, they had tortured people so much, the way they, they, they were so good at it. Some people, most people, would act would not even survive the scourging or the flogging. They would mm-hmm. actually die. Mm-hmm. Jesus didn't, right? And we see that he was beaten to the point of death because... He couldn't carry the cross. And we pick up in, in verse 21, it says, And they compelled a passerby by the name of Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country of the father of Alexander and Rufus to carry the cross. Um, this man's will, name will forever be tied to this event here. But uh, just to illustrate how badly, how much suffering that Christ endured, uh, he couldn't carry the cross. And... You know, they carried the cross and, and uh, to the place of the skull, Golgotha. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading about that a little bit, how it became like Calvary, uh, from a word named Calvaria. The word Golgotha uh, comes from the Hebrew word uh, Gogolet, which is the word for skull. And, uh, and the word skull in the Latin, it is the word Calvary. Yeah. It's where we have the word Calvaria, Calvaria which is where yeah. Calvary came from. That's what I was reading, Calvaria. Yeah, so... Uh, you gotta have the Portuguese accent to say it. There you go. Finally, it's, it's Italian, Calvaria. Calvaria, okay. Uh, so, uh, when they reach the place of execution, uh, they're... Uh, well, that's the place of execution. And... and uh, when Jesus gets there, he's offered this uh, mixed drink, which uh, a lot of people say is a drug. It was a drug to it's meant to dull the pain. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's dull a drug. the pain. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. It was actually it was actually done by Jewish ladies to uh, as a sign of mercy, actually. Mm-hmm. So it's, it was a it was a, it was it was. It was, an to op- help. it was an opiate. Yeah. Mary was an opiate given to the condemned in order to dull their pain at the point mm-hmm. of actual crucifixion. Yep. 
Yeah, just and to help Jesus out. Also made the prisoners easier to handle as they were nailed to the cross. Jesus refused it because he had accepted to drink the full cup of suffering for mankind. Talk, and he wanted to remain clear. Talking about being a man. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Talking about being a man and being like, you know, you know what? I am going to go through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go through the whole thing like was prescribed. And he does, man. It's like, would you want to... I'll drink that. Give it to me before we start all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we got a guy spanking involved? Just give it to me. Get, let me get, get the right doses. <laughs> get my weight right so I get the right doses. I want to kick in. You're talking about a man, man. I, I just, I just uh, appreciate the manhood of Jesus here. Right? Uh, it's like... The guy is not chicken out. He, he is going to go through the emotional, the physical, and the spiritual pain for us. Um, and most of the time, we are not even uh, willing to go through any amount of pain mm. for anyone else, let alone to glorify God. You know, uh, sometimes we need to stop one little sin in our lives. You know, you just need to muscle it up to stop that one sin in our lives. And we don't. We don't even go through the pain of something that if we stop, we'll help ourselves. And here is Jesus just muscling it up, going through the whole thing as it was prescribed. You know, uh, there, there, you know I, I, was, I said earlier in the beginning of this, of this um, of the podcast about how this was a historical moment, a historical well, event. So that's what I was going to say. We got we to gotta recognize that this is not an accident. This was a divine appointment. Sure. Right? A lot of times we can be reading this and, well, what if they, what if they had released Bar- Barabbas? So well, what if they didn't do this? Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, this is God's sovereignty. This is a divine appointment. This is not an accident in history. This was going to have in order for us to receive the grace that God has for us Jesus had to endure this he, he did and 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 I wonder so here's the part where I wonder right I wonder between Jesus and God before this all started Jesus <laughs> in heaven and God's like son you gotta go down there well well this I, I don't know how that would, if that conversation yeah. didn't start so I'm here playing with words yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which I said early in the beginning like there are don't some passages that we're not supposed to be doing this <laughs> here we go here we go here we are here is God in heaven and it's like man you know we their sacrifice is not working these people are just they're not working we need to you know there's there's a different way which somebody gotta die for every someone a life has to be taken and Jesus is like well I'll go down there. And I will die. And, and yeah. I don't know, God was like, okay, well, part of that process, I'm looking at my sovereignty, looking at ahead, will be, you're going to be crucified because that's how the Romans do stuff. And, yeah. and, and you're going to go through every yeah. single yeah. thing. Yeah. And then Jesus is like, okay, we'll, we'll, I'll bear, I'll do it. If it is for mankind to be with us forever, if it is for us to have a perfect relationship with mankind, our creation then we outdo it, right? And um, Well, I, all, all along, like, you know, like you read the Bible from, you know, Genesis to Revelation, you read the thing, and, and God has put in there things where you can say there is no doubt that there's a guy in control, that God is sovereign over all things. What you were talking about, I had heard an analogy once put this way that, um, you know, what happened in the garden was a result of a tree. So Jesus said, nail me to a tree. Oh, 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, in a sense, like, and I, I fast forward through, there's a lot more in the analogy that I, I didn't share, but sure. that's the end. It's like, mm-hmm. it started with a tree, it yeah, ends on the tree. tree. Yeah. Um, and how much more fitting could you, could, how could you not see God's hand in in this, in yeah. a sense that it's a divine thing. It had, it had to happen. And, and that's what it costs, right? That's, that's why it's not like the same cost that Adam and Eve, what, what that cost them, same cost that you know, Jesus had to pay for that, mm-hmm. the result of that, to bring it back to our right stand. That's right. Um, so, and, and there's a lot of like theologian that talks about this idea of the, the tree, the, the tree of life, and you know, in the Garden of Eden and stuff like that, which we're not going to get into the podcast, but there is there is some studies. Yeah, I, like I mean, there there is definitely some correlation between the two. There's uh, uh, a spiritual and physical correlation between the two, and I think we need to stop and ponder about. The importance of the theme garden, the part of the theme, yeah. uh, tree, life, and and yeah. uh, at, at the garden, <clears throat> we lost life. Yeah, and Be- the- but at, at the garden, we got life yeah. on the tree. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. I think I mean uh, you know with the crucifixion, a few things here to kind of mention. Mark doesn't go into every detail of it, but. Everything that happened on the crow was to fulfill a prophecy. Yes. You know, they try to give him wine mixed with myrrh that yeah. we talked about. Mm-hmm. Psalm 69, 21 says, for my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, Mark talks about they divided his clothes, casting lots for him. Psalm 22, verse 18 says, they divided my garments among themselves and they cast lots for my clothing. Prophecy that, being fulfilled. Yes. 1527, they crucified two criminals with him, one on his right, one on his left. Isaiah 53, verse 12, he was counted among the rebels. Who who was reading all this passage while Jesus was going to trial? This is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, this, is, this is why it's interesting. Like, even like in 29 through 32, when they say those were passing by yelling insults, shaking their heads, saying, Ha, the one who would demolish the sanctuary, build it up in three days, come down from the cross, all the insults. Uh, Psalm 22, verse 6 through 8 says, But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by men and despised by the people. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads. You know, he relies on the Lord. Let him rescue him. Do you hear what I'm reading? Yeah. This is is not my words. I'm reading God's word. Let the Lord deliver him since he took pleasure in him. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Like, you know, how can you... So, so, I said earlier, like this chapter 15 of Mark and and the related in the the synoptic gospels, like they are teared apart because they don't believe to be true. But you look at the prophecies and how it was fulfilled. That's crazy. There's no way you can like, these guys didn't, you know, it was not like we have a computer here. We copy and paste on the word document and send it out. This is not like that. No, they had it. It It was there. There is no, it's not like that. And then, Danny, it was something that I, I for me it, it makes me even more assured of chapter fifteen and the the crucifixion and the mocking and the death and the bureau is that historians, Roman historians, uh, wrote this stuff. There is a guy called Cornelius Tacitus, mm-hmm. and he is generally considered by everybody one of the greatest Roman historians. Yet we do not know a, a, a lot of things about him, like where he his birth and his death and. And, and there is many things that is talked about that, but he gives the most, like he gives uh, some vivid accounts of the of the crucifixion of Jesus, of of, of the of what happened to Jesus, you know, 
he gives the most precise information about Christ. Uh, uh, and, and so he puts it all into perspective for us. Uh, and he talks about Christ, the originator and the founder of Christianity. And he writes on his uh, book, it's the N-A-N-N-A-L-S. I can pronounce that word. It sounds pretty bad. Uh, but he gives the uh, remarks of the execution of Jesus on the reign of Tiberius the, uh, while the, the, persecu- the procurator was Point Pilate. And, and he, he, he gives details about the time of Jesus and the crucifixion of Jesus. And he's not the only one. Uh, there are all, all, the Gaius uh, Sultanius Tranquillus. He, he writes about Jesus. The Pliny the Young writes about Christians. So there are many accounts outside of the Bible that uh, testify. Yeah. This is Romans. This is not Christians. These are people who didn't subscribe to what the, the Bible authority. Said, yeah, yeah, to the authority of Jesus. Um, and 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 the continue- as the Bible's been is the New Testament is being written. These guys are writing their accounts, so it's is is being written at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so it's not it's like, not one sided. It's not coming just from. It's not like they read Mark and said like, "Oh, let me." Co-. No, they're <laughs> they didn't have Mark to to yeah. go against it. Yeah, and with the crucif- or to support it, and with the crucifixion, just want to point out a few more things where where passage and prophecy is being fulfilled. And which is why we want to stay honorable to the text was that Mark fifteen twenty four said they crucified him, Psalm twenty two sixteen said they pierced my hands and my feet. That's what happened when they crucified. Fifteen thirty three when it was noon darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Amos Amos um, Amos Amos chapter eight verse nine. And in that day, this is the declaration of the Lord: I will make the sun go down at noon, mm-hmm. and I will darken the land in the daytime. You know, Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We all know this. This is Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, Isaiah uh, 53 verse 9, it says, talk about Joseph Arimathea who came, he comes in and he gets the body, right? Yeah. It says that they made they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death. You know, he was buried in, in Joseph's aborted tomb. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus, he's a substitute. He died out death. He's appropriation. He endured a condemnation, bears the full wrath of God. He's our reconciliation. Jesus suffered our separation that we might be brought back to God. The cry of the cross is a cry of physical agony, spiritual anguish, and most of all, relational alienation from his Father. The curse of the cross is this. Jesus was cut off from the Father's favorable presence. He endured the full penalty of our disobedience. And before the cross, we were separated from God's presence. But because of the cross, we are now given access to God's presence. It goes on in the passage, talks about the veil. Sure. The veil was torn in half, right? Mm-hmm. We now have access to God. Mm-hmm. What wow. are your thoughts? I, I mean, as you're reading all of that, I, I am reminded of Romans eight thirty two, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, who he not give us all things with him yeah. it just reminds me of the extent of how much God loves us through Jesus through the point of proving through prophecies yeah. through historical and through the work of Jesus that it is uh, poured out into our lives uh, because mm-hmm. of what Jesus did I, I mean 
I think 2,000 years of church history has domesticated and sanitized the cross mm. in the sense that when we think about this, when you really put yourself into this in the history of the time, how the Romans did it, I was reading about scourging and what that entailed, like mm-hmm. pieces of bones and tied to leather or even lead that would just rip the flesh out. Mm-hmm. The horror of the cross. I think a lot of people, if they really understood what it was, what, what Jesus went through, we wouldn't be playing as like, oh yeah, he died on the cross. And, you know, Cool. I, I understand that. But he, here's what else. So the, the word domesticated, dude. You you said the word there. <laughs> it, it went to a, uh, as I was studying today, as we were, as I study, I read about how after the crucifixion of Jesus, Nero would on his backyard crucify Christians and light them up on fire, like candles, like candles. Yeah. As a demonstration, dude. We not only domesticated. That, but we have domesticated the power of it in us. Mm. Does that make sense? What I'm trying yeah. to say, like, man, most of us would not, would as soon as they're like, we're gonna crucify you and put fire, and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> who is this Jesus again? Ah, I'm not so sure. Is that true? Is the Bible true? Really? Is that mm. did he really get crucified? Do you have to crucify me? Right? Uh, domesticated means to take the power away from it. Yeah. And we have to take the power so much from it that we're not even ourselves willing to die for it. Amen. For the truthness yeah. of it. And I think that's a problem for us in the 21st century, especially in the church in America. Uh, we, uh, we will die for so many things, including our political causes in the U.S. <laughs> today. Yeah. But we will not die for the sake of Jesus Christ. You know why? Because we say this because God doesn't require that. Mm. Definitely, God doesn't require anybody to to die because already, already somebody has already already died not for us. In our place, yes. But but that's not the point. The point is how much do you believe, and how much would you fight for that which is biblical? Mm. So, but it is true. Uh, there is so, so many of us that we are fighting for so many things that has no power, but not fighting for the one thing that does have power. Yeah, I mean, you, you said it, man. I, I didn't know what it would be to say it. <laughs> no, I don't have to say it anything. I'm yeah, just, I, I'm I, I think we are passionate about so many things, but not passionate about... about it's misguided. Like, a lot of times we, we, we know misguided. a lot about so many things. Not many Christians know that the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus can actually be proved outside of Scripture, mm. right? Like, I I, I, when I tell that to Christians, they're like, oh, oh, it's not only a biblical... No, 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 no. There are books, good yeah. historical books, theological books, books, his, history, teach us about Jesus. They're all about history, talk about of all of the things. But when it comes to the Bible, about the life of Jesus, most Christians don't want to educate themselves. They're educating themselves about all kind of the crap. Yeah. Leave it that in the podcast and not really paying attention and learning and studying and understanding about the life of Jesus Christ himself. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I think we need to really check our, our minds, check in our hearts and really open our minds to the things that matter for us, not only here, but eternally, mm-hmm. then only for things that are momentary that is of this world. See, I, I think that's because we don't really have an eternal outlook on things. Uh, I mean, our world has become such a, um, I need my thing, I need it now. 
I need mm-hmm. things now. So when people see things happen, they want to see justice now. And, and a lot of times we, we take that approach to things, but, you know, we have to remember, like, you know, we have an eternal outlook. What was done on the cross for us gave us back that gift. Of eternity, we no longer need to just look a hundred years ahead. Even if we're, we're not even promised the next day, right? Mm-hmm. But when you live your life, when you make decisions in your life, are you are you filtering that through the lens of where you are eternally? Now, I, I get it. What you're gonna eat this morning? What you're gonna eat for lunch? Yeah, you don't have to think eternally. But the big things in life, the the, the things that matter. Yes. Are you what? Are, how are you filtering those decisions that you make? And are you filtering them through the lens of a biblical worldview? And not just a societal worldview, because societal is all about the here and now, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yes, I, I usually I try to dif- differentiate awareness to solution. I think we need to be aware of all the things that's going on around us, but I'm not so sure the solution for the world uh, is going to happen. Uh, outside of the eternal there's no solution there's some things where the solution is God coming back Jesus That's coming ex- back that, that, as far as I know he's uh, that we, we don't know the hour or the time Mark tells us that in one of his other chapters he have we just gotta be ready <laughs> that, that's exactly it that's exactly it. we talked about that two, three yeah. podcasts ago yeah. uh, and, and, that, and that for me is some Christians are too caught up in trying to fix this world and, and, and through some means that is not there the solution for the world is the church, and the church it is not a a, 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 a earthly thing. It is a spiritual, eternal thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think so many, so much of us are trusting. I can say government uh, systems, mm-hmm. program, material things to bring to be the solution for the world, where it is not. If if you think that, say you're gonna be disappointed because it is not, and those things will only be will be resolved with the second coming of Jesus. For that we should to pray and wait and live our lives in lieu of eternity, in lieu of Jesus' second coming, in lieu of the fact that one day we're all going to die and we will then be with God, or not with God, uh, but we'll be with God and that's where our hope lies. Our hope not lies for justice to find itself right here and right now in the 21st century. The justice of men, the best justice of men is evil in the eyes of God. Because while someone has justice, someone else gets injustice at the same moment. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. At the sight of justice here, somebody... Two sides of the same coin. Somebody will call it injustice. As soon as somebody gets justice, somebody else will call injustice because the, our justice... It is not complete. It's, it's, uh, it's partial. And it's partial to the individual that is applied to. So, you, you know, uh, I think I have sh- shared a story about this before, about a mom in my dad's first ministry in Goiânia who lost a kid with murder. Um, and and uh, the, the, son, the son died. The mom was crying, needed justice. The justice was for that kid to go to jail. Well, that kid was his mom's only, uh, the, the other mom, only, only, only ta- kid. Ca- kid and caretaker. 
So the fact that he went to jail means that the mom, now the other mom called that injustice. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was a big, it was even in the news and stuff like that. Uh, it was a, you know, so it's like... There's a domino effect there, what There is, saying. there yeah. is. So like even our justice, it will be a justice to somebody. Uh, and so like even the, our best effort into it, it, it will cause someone else to lose. You know, I think, about, I think too, too often we're too focused on the justice of man. Another justice of God, oh. and I think I think that's kind of where we because the justice of man is never is not is, is not justice that we just talk about right because you take you take from this person you get in that example so I think we have to recognize that we have to live with the justice of God and and God's justice will ultimately rule over everything and as a church we have over the over the years over and over we're now seeing the symptom of not holding true to what the Bible has said, what the Bible has shown to us. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, uh, I mean, isn't our best efforts filthy rags to God? Yeah, the dirty isn't rags. Isn't that what Isaiah, Isaiah says? Isaiah dirty rags. Yeah. Our, our righteousness. <laughs> yeah, our best, our best. Yeah. Uh, it says this, we, all have, uh, we have all become like one who is unclean. All our righteous deeds oh, are God. like polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. Like, our best effort is bad. Mm-hmm. What, what we call it good uh, is good to us. But the good that we call to us, it is evil to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I think we lose sight of that. We lose sight of that. We think too highly of ourselves. And I think we need to dial down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always tell people, listen... The principles, biblical principles, God, the, 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 what God has for us is more important than what you have for yourself. Uh, and, and I, Amen. I Amen. I think we got to bring this train into the station here um, to wrap up this chapter. I think, um, you know, I think, I think it's very clear and evident what we're trying to say is that we need to hold on to God's truth and, 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 and just that's got to be what we hold on and cling mm-hmm. to. Um, just want to wrap up the chapter recognizing that Jesus, um, you know, he he gives up his spirit. He dies after crying out. Several things, right? And he's and he and and Mark only mentions two things that were significant to both Gentile and Jews. First, the the veil of the temple between the holy place and the holy of holies mm-hmm. was torn in two. Yes. Uh, we talked about this earlier to signify the separation between God and man has now been removed. No longer do we need a high priest. Jesus is our high priest. Yes, we now we now go before God. Mark also notes from a Gentile standpoint, the Roman centurion, Roman centurion confessed the name of Jesus. This would be a significant event, a significant thing. It may seem like a little throw in here, yeah, but it's um, significant because there's a witness to future non-Jewish readers yeah, of this gospel. This is truly this man mm-hmm. was the son of God. Yeah. And, but, so this is so significant because oh yeah we we read that we we take a throwaway line but it's so significant like Romans who who was the son of God the Caesar, next emperor next Caesar next yes, whoever it is that's exactly what it is yeah. like you know and here is he's professing that like yeah. whoo that's a big one you got to explain yeah. him for that you got to crucify for that one yeah and the other thing I want to also note too as well as in Mark's gospel here which. We, we see because, you know, we feel like the how, how women have been treated in the past. Mm-hmm. See, Mark mentions the name of faithful women who supported Jesus' ministry. Mm-hmm. And they watched and they were there through this. So 
And then we'll continue in chapter 16 where Jesus kind of appears before the women and stuff. But One side note, just for now, I, I love when people in the church say that there is no women for ministry, for no room for women in ministry. <laughs> this lady is ministering to Jesus. Yeah. The core of, at the thick of it, they were there. Yeah. The guys ran. The yeah. women stuck with <laughs> stuck it. It's with just it. funny. I, I don't yeah. know how, I don't know, yeah, whatever. So yeah, I mean, so there you have it. Obviously, the burial, the body was taken down. Um, you know, Joseph of Arimathea, he was part of the council, right? But he he didn't he didn't go with what this stuff. He he, no, he, yeah. he claimed Jesus' body and he wanted to you know make sure they was buried uh, out of respect for the Lord. Uh, he was one. Yeah, that... I think there is room for quiet Christians mm-hmm. in the midst of our culture. <laughs> I think that I think there is. I think there is. I think there is room for that. You know, I'm a follower, but I'm with everybody else. But I believe in Jesus. I'm just quiet here on my side. I'm not gonna share my opinion. I'm not. But when it matters, I'm gonna go get his body. So mm-hmm. When it matters, I'll, I'll speak up. But until then, I'll be quiet. Yeah. I think that's the attitude of Joseph Aramatia here. Um, you know, he he believed in in the kingdom of God. He believed in Jesus. He, yeah. he knew who Jesus was. Just uh, you know. Sometimes we want to knock that down. I don't know if I will knock that down. I'm just saying, you know, yeah. sometimes there's the right time to review yourself. And you did. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so that's, I mean, I think we went all over in this chapter. <laughs> I was even a little bit political here, so I'm sorry for others. I'm just um, a little passionate about that. Those kind of closing stuff. thoughts on this chapter before we before we put a pin on this one. Um, truly, this man was the son of God. Yeah. And, and, I, I, and I think I, I rest on that one then. Yeah, I'll piggyback on that one. In the book I was reading on this, Sinclair Ferguson says this. He says, Without knowing it, the religious leader and Pilate and Barabbas were all part of a tapestry of grace which God was weaving for sinners. Their actions spoke louder than their words, louder than their cries of the crowd for Jesus' blood. Jesus was not only dying for his own crimes, but for the crimes of others. Not for his own sins, but the sins of others. He did not die for himself. He died for us. Mm, mm. You see, what I like about that is like what sinful men did to the Son of God can only make us weak. And what the sinless Son of God did for man can only make us shout for joy for a Savior King who would suffer everything he suffered for you and I. Wow. The only question I have today for those listening is do we see what they were too blind to see it? and with that as we always say before we sign off you better watch out (laughs) be blessed have a great one guys thank you